The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sisters Speak. You are joined here today with me, Sonia, and also me, Lamisa, and me, Farin. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, before we begin, I just want to let you guys know how you can listen to us and how you can get in touch. So we are on Instagram at Sister Speak. We are also on Facebook Live. This is a pre-record, so we won't be able to respond to any WhatsApps or calls directly. But if you do want to get in touch, how can they get in touch, Lamisa? Um, so you can text or WhatsApp in on 0779481822. You can call Inspire FM at 01582481822. We're also on Instagram, so you can send us a comment. You can send us a comment. You can send us a DM or you can comment. Um, we're at Sister Speak. Um, so yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And Farin, would you like to just let everyone know how we are currently recruiting at the moment? Uh, so we are looking for any radio presenters, anyone who can come and volunteer in uh, marketing or social media. Yeah, exactly. So the opportunity is there for anyone who's interested in radio. You can be speaking on the radio, you could be a presenter, you can be researching for our shows, or you can be on social media side, which includes Instagram, as we mentioned, um, you know, putting up posts regularly. And it's a really great experience, I would say. It's fun and you get a lot of experience and transferable skills that you can take with you to any other job or anything in the future. So thank you for that, Farine. So now we're going to move on to our Thought of the Week segment and everything said is a lesson for us and all opinions are our own, just to clarify that. Um, so Lemisa, what is your Thought of the Week? Um, my Thought of the Week this week is, it's been a busy week. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've had a lot of things going on back to back and I know a lot of the time I'm a very big advocate for taking a break and relaxing and I think that is really important to do. Um but I also think like, I feel like my thought or my outlook on being busy has kind of changed. And I think it's, it's good because if you're busy, it kind of shows that you're doing a lot of things, you're striving for a lot of things. Um, and it's almost like a blessing in disguise because you have those opportunities and you're working towards them. Um, so I think I'm trying to be more grateful for the things that I'm busy for um, and trying to change my mindset slowly in terms of I have a lot of things going on today but there are still 24 hours in the day and if I can organize my time properly then I can have breaks in between and still enjoy the day um so yeah I think that's my thought for the week is trying to put everything into proportion and organizing your time so that you can balance things and balancing is a really hard skill to develop I know because I've been trying for so long um, but I think, you know, if you do small little steps to get towards it, hopefully one day we will be at the point where we can balance things in our lives. Yeah, I and mean, that's so important and mm. very difficult. I think we can all agree mm. balancing is everything. Mm. Um, but I just want to really emphasize that quote you said, I'm grateful for the things that make me busy, basically. Mm. And it's it's so, so important that you said that and I relate to it so much as well because sorry so often we think okay we're busy we're stressed and I don't know how to balance it and so on and so on Mm. but really we we are so lucky that we have things to do Mm -hmm. and that things that make us happy things that make us money maybe you know we're we're lucky almost we're blessed and I'm thinking back I actually recall the times and often it would be um Say, for example, your summer holidays, Mm. if you're in education or if you're out of work, like a career break or whatever it may be, those times you really do feel it and you think, what am I doing? You start to feel like I have no purpose. Mm. What am I doing at home? You know, every day feels the same. So if you think back to those times and then compare it to your busy times now, you really do feel that gratefulness. Yeah, because I feel like I got into somewhat of a rut of, you know feel feeling so overworked and feeling so burnt out like there's so many things to do um and then you kind of accept that that's just how it's going to be and you have to just get through it and I feel like that mentality is what makes it even more tiring yeah and that's what I've come started to realize now it's like it's a mentality thing where if you're like I'm grateful for the things that make me busy and of course I need to take a break and if I factor those things in then you know 
you should be grateful for the things that you are doing because it's a good use of your time, right? Yeah, I think adults have nailed that. Yeah. I'm not saying that we're not adults. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling you're yet to experience. But I actually remember having that feeling where at first I resented it. Yeah. Like, OMG, this is the rest of my life. Yeah. There'll always be this to do and this to do and this to do. And you start to overthink it and get a bit stressed. Mm-hmm. Then when you take a back step and you're like, no, this is life but yeah. positive like yeah. this is a good thing i'm yeah. happy to be doing this exactly yeah like last year i wasn't doing anything i was not busy at all and who would have said that you know i was gonna do so many things and now this year i'm so busy but it's like a good busy you know mm. like i have stuff to do i enjoy doing it and my week is awful so i'm not just sitting at home and getting like new experiences and stuff exactly yeah. and it's that it's that enjoy doing it i feel yeah. like when we think oh we're gonna spend the whole day outside we're not thinking of the, all the small interactions that that day consists of yes. all the good work that you're doing within that day and when you think about it from that perspective like if you think oh I've given my even something as simple like I always I talk about simple acts of kindness even even something like I've given my seat up on the bus for someone else that day that's something that I feel like makes that day worth it yeah it makes that person's day as well and it makes the other person's day as well small things but Farin like you were just saying last year you were so bored almost and if you just compare it doesn't it feel so much better to be doing things this year it does I met so many people like because I was like, I didn't have any friends last year. I didn't have anyone to talk to. So when you like join uh, like this stuff and you do work, you go outside and you meet people and then you get help if yeah. you need anything. So that's why, yeah, I'm really grateful for like all the stuff that I'm doing this year. Oh, that's so good to hear. Thank you. Thank you, Namisa, as well for the thought of the week. Uh, Farin, do you have a thought of the week? My thought of the week. So I was thinking about how like growing in, in a, like a Muslim uh, household and stuff and how you really... When you grow up, so you really have to find what Islam is yourself. And I was just thinking about how much you have to do your own research. What you because you don't have to believe what your parents believe. So you like do your own research. What you want to believe. What you think it's right for you. What you want to practice. So I was just thinking about that and how much it also obviously impacts you going in a Muslim like household. You get that, but you also do your research and you're like, oh, I like I think this is right. I don't think this is right. You can you know be a bit different. So that's why I was thinking about that of you know researching about islam is so like fun and you know peaceful for your own stuff like it's about you and the religion mm. not about growing in a muslim household yes mm. i think that's so important again we can do a whole show on that one i love that topic um but it's nice that you mentioned it because i think nearly every teenager um maybe teenager or young adult has that moment mm. where they think actually i want to know the religion for myself not just grow up listen to what my parents are telling me and carry on like it's a faith. It's something you believe in. So yeah. you need to believe in it. You mm. need to believe in it wholeheartedly and understand it. Because a lot of the times we don't actually understand it when yeah. we're kids. It's just a way of like that you've grown up, the way you've been taught. And not and not just us. The people who are teaching us mm-hmm. a lot of the time do not know or haven't fully researched, yes. you know. And it's, it's passed down through generations. And it comes to a point yeah. where we have to take the onus on ourselves. Because what Farine said is true. It's you and your religion. It's you and your relationship with God. And no one else can do that for you. That's, yeah. that's solely up to and you. And we're actually do. lucky slash blessed again because we get to do that research so easily. Mm, and we true. have the internet on our fingertips. We have that capability. Whereas maybe our parents didn't have that chance. They had to take whatever their parents told them as well. Um, so it's so like, good that we get to do that. Um, but yeah, the research thing, your, your own religion, your for yourself, I, I'm still in that process as well. And I think it's really good that you mentioned it because then you almost have a love for the religion more because you understand it. You are choosing to have this belief now. It's not just, I was born into this family and I grew up this way. Yeah, I think everyone learns about Islam every day. There's nobody who knows everything about the religion. So every day you learn a little bit more and everything you learn, it like impacts you a little bit in like your personal, yeah. Yeah, so that's a great thought of the week. Thank you so much for that. I do not have a thought of the week this week, guys, because uh, I'm tired. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just want to emphasize that our show is a platform for girls to voice their own opinions on current events uh, or maybe issues. Just have discussions on general topics that could be about religion, culture, politics, social media, anything. And just to reiterate, all opinions and views are our own. We respect all other opposing or similar views and opinions. Okay, so thank you for the thought of the week, guys. We're going to move on to one of our hot topics. Today's hot topic is about fundraising and it's about helping out in 
quotation mark developing countries and the reason why we brought up this whole topic really is because one of our very own Lamisa is in the process of raising money for a charity um, and I think the charity focuses on healthcare and developing education around health for women in Bangladesh and mm-hmm. uh, Lamisa um, would you be able to talk about it? Yeah sure so um, I've recently joined Ma. Um, and that stands for Maternal Aid Association. Um, and they're an extremely good charity because the work that they do is not just a one-off type of thing. It's sustainable. And like you said, talking about ed- health education, things like that. Um, so just to give you a bit of um, background um, on what it is, it's a grassroots charity um, striving to improve the situation in resource-poor settings to bring about safe, effective and high-quality maternal health care. Um, so it's aimed around providing, you know, accessible accessible healthcare to pregnant women. <clears throat> so yeah, um, they essentially have a trip every single year called Journey Mar, where they go in the summer and they set up health camps in villages around Bangladesh, um, and they take students, pe- students in healthcare settings, um, to kind of help run these camps. Um, and what happens here is mothers can come in, they can get health checkups, they can get access to free um, medication, and then we also have the health education that occurs. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things because you can give people free meds and you can give them free checkups and be like, you need to go to the doctor now. But a lot of the way that kind of of what people learn in Bangladesh about their health comes from family comes from what um, their parents have known, come from what their ancestors kind of known, and it's kind of brought down across generations, right? If you actively um, and accurately educate the population, then you allow them to share um, accurate information w- between themselves. So that way you're um, educating for generations to come. And all of that leads to health improvement and sustainable health development, um, which I think is what exactly Bangladesh needs um because you know in rural settings they don't have access to primary care primary care meaning like gp centers and all of these types of things and to be honest primary care i believe is kind of where it begins because you need someone that you can go to who will able to who will be there to direct you on to where you need to go whereas in bangladesh the system is more kind of turn up at a hospital and see what see what's going on so yeah that's kind of the work that they're doing it's i feel like it's you know it's really great work because it, it works towards that sustainable development, which I think is one of the most important things that a charity could do. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much. And do you, would you say that their focus is on women? Did you say? Yes. So they, their focus um, is for maternal health, women's health, um, so obstetrics and gynecology, basically. So, yeah. Okay. That is so important. Yeah. And it's so nice that you're hopefully going to be joining the team. Inshallah. Going out there. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. We will all be sharing the fundraising link um it will be on our instagram on just yes. speak yes. um but yeah it's exciting what would you do if you went there do you know? um so i'd be part of like taking the blood pressure doing the health checks um and uh all of that type of stuff basically helping running the everyday like the day-to-day of the camps um so yeah it's an it's an exciting opportunity and i think it's it's a good clinical experience because you get to work with people who are not in the uk you get to see what the challenges are for them um and if you ever that kind of helps you up for future practice because if you ever see people who have come from Bangladesh you kind of know where they're coming from it gives yeah, you that yeah. experience to their situation exactly so, yeah. or people that are Bengali basically yeah, anyone exactly. of Bengali background and I feel like maternal health is is something is an area which kind of needs to be focused on a lot more in Bangladesh um the some of the statistics and the figures are almost scary when you look at it in terms of miscarriage rates things like that so inshallah with the work that they're doing they can help to kind of improve that slightly yeah um, but yeah, so. it's gonna be really helpful for them the camps and everything yeah yeah inshallah so um Farin, just on that topic um what do you think about the whole thing about going out there and providing this healthcare and healthcare education to people in Bangladesh, I think it's a really good opportunity for the like the Bengali people there because obviously on an underdeveloped country, sorry, there's like they don't know much about um, health and stuff. So it's really good that you're going there and going camps. You it's gonna be a good experience for you and for them, mm-hmm. and they can like see what like you know clinical uh, help and stuff. Yeah, it's I guess it's about increasing access to information, yeah. right, and ensuring that. It's ensuring that they have access to healthcare, which in rural settings is just a bit 
bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. But I think what's really great about it is the education part. So if you teach one woman something, you know, she can now teach, go on and teach the rest of her family. Exactly. The rest of her neighbours yeah. or her daughter. Now yeah. her daughter has that education and she can continue with that. So yeah. that's very important, the education exactly. part. Exactly. That's yeah. why it's such a it's such an important charity. I'd appreciate if if any of our listeners there, if you guys do want to donate, then you can go search up. Their Instagram is Global underscore so you can go check them out so if you just type in mar global i'm sure it'll come up yeah. yeah well we'll be sharing lamisa's direct yeah. page as well That'll on our instagram on our bio instagram, yeah. so please do donate to lamisa's uh bio link as the link as well for that <laughs> thank, thank, you, thank you thank you um but yeah i just want to talk about charity in general so i was speaking to mariam last week about how i was supporting the Luton food bank as well mm. And then we spoke a little bit how about this is the coldest time of the year, especially in the UK. Every year it gets colder. Literally, it's so cold already. And it's only the 3rd of December when we recorded the show. <laughs> but yeah, so um, what other initiatives do you guys maybe know of or you think is important or you want you are going to take part in or want to take part in, very? I think just uh, volunteering, like I volunteer in a charity here based in Newton and it's like really helpful. They need volunteers as well. So anything that you can do to help, it's your community and you can get experience from it and see what people need out there as well. So where do you volunteer at the moment? I volunteer at Friends of Bright Eyes here in Newton. It's a local charity with the NHS. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what, what do they do? So they help like uh, dis- uh, disabled children in okay. uh, school and they, we have sessions going on. And we have sessions going on and we uh, talk with those children. We play with them, you know, the, and the parents can also get like a bit of like relax. And it's like a four hours. So you guys should all volunteer in like charities because it's really good for you. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the experience, but it's also like rewarding. Yeah. And what about, what would you say about people that might not have time to do? Does it take up a lot of your time? What would you say? It takes up, it's only once a week, but even if you can't be there physically, you can also do like raise awareness on the social media or just uh, donate stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like on that money, point, yeah. like you've raised a really important point. Charity is not just money. It can also be time and it's not just time. It can also be raising awareness, you know. Charity is done in so many different forms and I feel like a lot of the time we kind of, we kind of see charity and we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. And then we never actually get around to it. Um, but I feel like if you just kind of take, it takes like two seconds out of your day if you want to make a donation, if you want to um, do something maybe once a week, that's that's your time. Um, it's not financially, to say, like it's not financially impacting you in any way, but you're making a difference by going out and giving your time. Yeah. And if you're raising awareness, you're raising awareness for the cause and there might be other people who can help in different ways. And you've actually been a part of that because you've shared whatever yeah, it is absolutely so, yeah. I, I agree with you on that one um just depends on whatever you have to give if yeah. you've got money to give give the money if you've got time to give give the time yeah um i actually spoke about this last week as well that i met a guy who was i think 77 years old and he is retired so he doesn't work um and i asked him what he does and he says i'm at the warehouse nearly every day and i said what warehouse yeah i thought he meant like amazon or something right <laughs> and then he was like no at the food bank warehouse oh. So he's there organizing the food every day, taking in donations and stuff. And that's completely voluntary. Yeah. And it's just because he has the time to give. Mm. And he says, well, what else would I be doing? doing yeah. like, why wouldn't I do this? Yeah. And it just keeps you active as well. I 100%. think that's the way to look at it. It's something to do. And as you mentioned, Lamisa, it's good to keep busy as well. Isn't yeah. It? So. <laughs> Especially when you're developing your community or you're working for like social improvement. You know, I yeah. feel like you're using your time for a great cause. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, so we still have a few minutes left of our first half of the show. Mm. So I'm going to go to a question that's from the second half of our show and just introduce the topic. Okay, so our main topic of today's show is about being a woman. Um, as you know, this is called Sister Speak and we are all girls on this chat so we're just going to talk a little bit about being a woman growing up as one and other things that we felt like we need to change in life as we grew up and is that because specifically we are women um before we start i just want to ask you guys both do you think there are gender conventions for women and in what way do they affect women so I know this is kind of a heavy loaded question almost because, you know, I've done essays on this kind of topic when I was at uni, mm-hmm. you know, literally like 3000 word essays. Um, but we just touch upon it as we've just still got a few minutes left of the first half of our show, just about 
just in general, what are kind of some gender conventions? If we're thinking basic, basic, basic stereotypes, let's go. There's so many. There's yeah. so many, like, in terms of your education, the work that you do, the responsibilities uh, that you Women have. Women belong in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, these basic types of things, or they, sh- they belong at home, basically. That's, that's your place of work. And home very much is a place of work, I agree. Being Looking after a household is a huge responsibility and takes a lot of effort. But it's not something that we're limited to. So I will obviously go into this more in the second half mm. of the show. But I think that the West and maybe now even parts of the East have really, really uh, diminished and kind of dissolved the importance and the weight it takes to be a homemaker. And to be a, a person who is cooking, cleaning, making that house 100%. a home, literally raising children, having children, yeah. just having children, full yeah. stop, and raising children. It's so huge yeah. that if, let's put it like this, if there was a wage, that would should be the highest paid job. That's genuinely 100%. how I see it. And to make those kids into decent people. Exactly. To yeah. raise after, children. After to nurture doing and all of the household mm-hmm. jobs that you need to do. Yes. To then ensure that after all of that, the person that comes out of it yes. is a decent human being. Yeah. I personally just genuinely think that bearing a child and raising a child, yeah. and give, you know, giving birth, etc. Not only should it, would it be the highest paid job, but also it should be the most respected. Yes. So it should be something that people look at you say, oh, you're a mother. Like yeah. you, you have children, you raise them. These are your kids. You know, that should be a moment where you're like the same as when you meet, like, I don't know a neurosurgeon or or astronaut or something that should really be a moment and it should be respected in such a way that you think you know this person shouldn't even have another job if that makes sense and if they say they have another job which a lot of most females do out there that should just be like a crazy moment again and then again the respect needs to be there in the sense that you think for example if you're in a household and you were spending money, that person who now earns that money, the, that female, in what I'm trying to say is they should be taken care of in a way as well because who is going to take care of a lady while she's taking care of everyone else? Mm. That this is a whole topic. But anyway, back to the so question I asked, which was the stereotype so and the conventions. Farine, what's another convention or stereotype about women? Um, there's, so many, I, there's so many, but I can't think of one right now. <laughs> Um, um, women are weaker. Yeah, or they're, one, yeah, or they're stupid. Bimbos. And this, this is so frustrating because you see people online talking about, and I've seen it more often now. They talk about um, just the way women are these days and how they, you know, how they act outside in settings. Da, 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 and they try to bring forth all of these like really well articulated arguments um, on you know why for some reason we're stupid and we're just acting out just for a feminist movement or anything like that you hear all these words these buzzwords da, da, da. i don't even want to use the word feminist yeah, yeah. today honestly radio show. if i'm honest i'm just like i don't i don't think it's it's asking for too much to say that if i have a job i come home do my part of the chores for the person whoever i'm living with whatever to also have their job and come home and also do Part of, their, part of their job. I don't Not think that is, that's asking for a lot. Um, but what was I saying? On the lines of, of women being stupid, it's almost like it's condescending the way they people put forward their arguments about women, um, talking about women in a way like we don't have a brain to talk about it ourselves. Or if you go into, um, especially in the workplace and especially in uh, areas where there's a lot of academically strong people, you see the misogyny almost shine through um, when they talk to you, when when um, people are discussing things, you know you're right, but they try and argue that you're wrong. And then they realize you're right. And they're like, oh, yeah, you are right. Well mm-hmm. done. And it's so surprising <laughs> for a woman to be correct. Like, and it's almost like, oh, well done. What a pat on the back. Yeah. Thank you for you, you know. I knew I was right. I was telling you I was right. Yes. So why are you... And uh, you know what? I don't. We've got two minutes left before the <laughs> end of the first half. But I totally agree with you, Lamisa. Mm. And I think there's so much um, 
there's, there's no respect again there's no respect uh, that's for what women. i mean it's the it's the lack of respect and then the lack we're of not value. even seen okay we shouldn't be seen as equals my opinion is that we should be seen as more than anyway because we are more than we can do more than but in that sense it's very very we're almost children we're almost like seen as children mm. in a way that's the way i see it i think i think my issue with a lot of people when i see them talking about um women and you know women in general it's almost like they want to say that we are not equal um, and we have roles that are different, which I agree with. I do. To, to, I agree. But I think each human being has value. And the way these people talk about women, they don't give women the value or the respect. Each individual has inherent value. Each human being has inherent value. That's why we're judged on our own deeds. We are our own people. And I think what's important is, yes, we're different and we have different, we, we can have different um we can have different roles, we can have different jobs to do, we can have different things, but it doesn't mean that we're not valued as human yes. beings. And the way these people talk about women is so disrespectful. Yes. And there's no value. And it's obvious that they're just misogynistic. You know, it's so reductive as well. But that is something we'll get into more in the second half of the show. Um, but we are going to just talk a little bit more about how we have felt uh, experiences as we grow up and things that we might have changed or if I felt like my gender has stopped me from achieving certain milestones but yeah we will go into that um in the second half of the show please do come back to listen to us again we are on instagram at sisters speak where you can always contact us and we're also on facebook live um and join us for the second half where we'll be discussing this topic in more detail Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to InspireFM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, guys, and thank you so much for coming back to Sister Speak. Um, just before we start, Mariam, would you like to just. Um, she has joined the show now. Hi, say hi, Mariam. Hi, everyone. Assalamu alaikum. And uh, would you like to just tell everyone how we are on a recruitment drive at the moment? Yeah, so currently we're doing a recruitment drive. Um, if you want to be, get involved, you can contact us at sisterspeak at inspirefm.org. We do have a couple of roles um, to promote. <laughs> so if you want to join our social media team, where we will be asking you to help us in, uh, increase our engagement, if you're interested in research, then you can help us create proposal plans. Um, if you're interested in networking, then we have a liaison kind of position. Uh, so there's lots of different types of positions, it, depending on what you're interested. The whole kind of purpose of it is we want to make sure that we give you the opportunity to hone upon the skills that you have and to give you a great uh, volunteering opportunity. And of course, if you want to be on radio, we'd love to have you on. Thank you so much. Um, yes, yeah, so you can get in touch with us on at Sister Speak, which is on Instagram, and our email, sisterspeak at inspirefm.org. Or you can contact us on Facebook uh, at inspirefm and just to note down your um, interest by messaging the Facebook platform. Thank you. So in the first half of the show, we spoke about our thought of the week, then we spoke about charity work, and we got into our main topic of today, which is about being a woman. Are there things about us that we need to change? And uh, Lamisa did speak a little bit about her experiences, um, but she's not here for the second half of the show. So, Mariam, just to catch you up, me and Farine were talking about conventions, gender conventions for women, and also stereotypes. Uh, we spoke about um, women belong to the hijin, we spoke about how we feel that women don't have the value um, attributed to them that they should mm -hmm. because they literally make a house a home most of the time. I'm not talking about all women, talking about some women. Um, anything you want to add to that, just the gender conventions and stereotypes? Yeah, I think just kind of the stereotype that women are overly emotional mm -hmm. and they're not rational and that leads to men being uh, condescending or mansplaining, uh, which really hinders them, especially in the workplace, from progressing yeah. um, just because they attribute to emotions so that recently was spoken about my, in my workplace and my workplace is heavily dominated by men and they said like oh women are just emotional women cry all the time oh my wife cried the other day when she's just taking the bins out or this and this so okay first of all that can be true i'm not saying it might not be true but what i'm trying to say is why is it seen as a bad thing and what i said what i turned around and said and this is what i truly believe i said we're emotional because we let our emotions out you're emotional, men, but you keep it in. This is what I believe. Again, 
And I feel like because they keep it in, we see the effects of this in other ways. You know, you release it in different ways, your stress, your anger, your upset, whatever it is that you've been feeling. A lot of the times it comes out in a negative way and it's really bad or it's bottled up emotions forever. And then you have bad mental health and you have mental health issues. And we know that men don't talk, there's an issue there. They might not talk about their mental health, how they're feeling. And this can lead to even worse things in the end. Um, so really and truly, I don't feel that women are more emotional in a sense. I feel that everyone has emotions. It's, it's literally normal. It's human life to have feelings and emotions, but we express it differently. And I think it's actually healthier to let your emotions out. Yeah, on that point, um, the fact that you said that everyone has emotions, I think even just the patriarchal kind of system in which men cannot express the feelings, it does affect men as well. Yeah. People who want to talk about their feelings, they don't want to be attributed to being emotional like a woman. Yeah. Those kind of phrases are kind of thrown out. So I think it's in everyone's interest to be able to speak about emotions, to, be, to have a healthy way to confront your emotions and to take care of them. Um, I really think that we have to create that safe space, not only for ourselves, for women, but also for men too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's like a, I think if everyone around us, like, if they normalize, like, letting your emotions, like, even if you're a woman, I mean, it doesn't matter, then everyone's going to be comfortable crying in public. Like, it's not, it's normal. It's like we're humans, you know. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. And I myself, I think, didn't cry much when I was younger. Uh, I just you didn't really have much to cry about to be honest sometimes <laughs> and I'm not saying I cry more now but I'm saying that I do feel more emotions and I let myself feel them fully and then it passes and then I can move on to the next stage if I didn't let myself feel that that would be nagging at the back of my head the whole time no matter what it is if I feel that I don't know someone has been um hurtful or mean towards me I'm not just going to let it fester in my mind forever. I'm going to feel that emotion and then address it or sort out the situation if I can. If I can't, then let it, okay, cry, move on. That's just the way I see things. I know everyone's different. But um, back to the emotion thing, a lot of the times that's why it's looked as if men, women can't make decisions rationally. I'm sure you've had that argument mm -hmm. before. So a lot of times people say women can't be leaders of countries because they make decisions based on emotions. And I think that's completely unfair and wrong to say because men make decisions based on emotions a lot of the times as well. But it's the, the outcome or the, the repercussions of the decisions isn't attributed to the emotions, even if it is. And I think one of the things is as well, that whole essence or the whole thought, school of thought is men will be men or boys will be boys. Um, and there's just some sort of leniency towards them. If they make a mistake, that's completely fine. Whereas if a woman was to make the same mistake, there's a whole kind of backlash on that person because, yes. and there's so much focus on them. That person can't recover from them. They don't even have the scope to you know, improve. Whereas the same mistake is made by a female, um, or a male. A male. If, if the same mistake is made by a male, then there's a lot of understanding attributed to that person. And I think there's a huge imbalance in the way we kind of look at women and look at men. Um, and going back to the topic of gender convention, I think that's how we've attributed women to be in a negative light in terms of what their capabilities is and what male capabilities are because we have these notions and attributions to them. Um, in terms of labels, we just label them and those labels restrict. Yeah, um, language is so yeah. important. Language is definitely yeah. important. And I think that this was said by, I think, Simone de Beauvoir. I can't really remember who, but it's like an old theory that the way women are viewed in this patriarchal society is that women are the second species. Mm -hmm. They're not even in the same level. Mm -hmm. And you see it more and more with the way, like I said earlier, no value is attributed to us. And also, like Lamisa said, if she got something right, a man would be like, oh, well done. And it's like, well, that's so patronizing. Why did you assume that she couldn't get that right when you both have the same education? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, that was just the first question, guys. I know we can <laughs> just go. just to add a point, not a point. Uh, if even if you look at example, like you were talking about the woman being in the space of a home and she's cooking, for her she's a cook and that's her role. But if a man decides to do a career in cooking, she he's the a chef. chef. And so we give them positions and labels that again puts them above women. We have this yeah. kind of complex that for if a man does the same job as a woman. But He's, who's we, Marion? As a community, as a society, society, it's our ideology that we impose. We impose these gender conventions upon them. Both. And it starts from a very young age, even in how we attribute colours to a certain gender. Uh, we attribute um, you know, what is deemed to be correct in terms of uh, strengths. So you know, if a boy is playing with a doll, 
he's he's doing as weak because he's he's expressing emotions. He wants to look after the child or baby doll, for example. Um, so those kind of things, I think we need to be a little bit more fluid in terms of understanding that it's okay to express emotions and it's okay to take care of those yeah. things, and that should ha- be happening from the very very young age. Um, you know, and also even just beyond gender, um, thinking about when we tell children, you know, big girls don't cry or big boys don't cry, that is hugely problematic because when a, per- a child grows up, they're not going to know how to cry. They're not going to know how to express themselves. And then that emotion is going to be translated in other ways and negative ways. And that's going to seep into the way they interact with each other. So I think a lot of it is us taking responsibility in how we uh, even take care of the next generation, how we talk to them. And like uh, Sonia said, to think about the language we use. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It starts with us, you know, like you having your siblings. If you create a safe space for them and you tell them, yeah, it's okay. You know, your emotions are fine. You, even if I have two little brothers, even if they, I tell them like, oh, you can, you know, it's okay to cry. And I tell my little brother every day, like, you know, it's okay. So you, if, I, if we start to create a safe space for all of them, then it's going to be like more normalized in the future. Yeah, I do agree with that. But I still think there's a long way to go with just society in general. Mm-hmm. And also... It's not just the emotions thing, is it? There's a lot. It's the way people perceive women. And I mean, internalized misogyny too. So how another woman sees another woman. 100%. Yeah, that's true. That is huge. Like If you look at a woman and she is, say, for example, a bit, um, not a bit, maybe she's got the answer wrong to a question. That's it. Does your perception change straight away? Do you think, oh, she's stupid, isn't she? She's just a silly little girl. Because that's internalized within them. So you're projecting what you have been internalized. If someone has called you stupid and you've made a mistake, you're going to project those same feelings to yes. someone else. Yeah, And I think that's we need to be able to negotiate those feelings. Actually, where is this coming from? And is this correct? We should, you know, we don't even within our own community, we're not, we don't foster this positivity because we're so used to being, um, you know, undermined that we tend to undermine others. Yeah, and it's really good that you, like Lamisa said, people look at women as if they're, yeah, just the, what you said, basically. And they're kind of like children, almost. Like, you don't, you're projecting this. You're, but you shouldn't have to work that's double hard, if that makes sense. Twice as hard just to get to the same. It's fine if you are at a different level. Everybody is a human. That's what Lamisa said. So every person should be seen as an individual human, not as, okay, they're a woman or they're a male. It's fine. And you should treat people as a human that has faults, that has strengths, that has weaknesses, and so on. When you get, like, something right, we don't need, like, you don't need the validation mm-hmm. from someone else being like, oh, yeah, did it good. Like, I know I did good. I'm not asking you to say, oh, you did good, you know. I mean, I can go into that more because I do feel like often women are not arrogant. And I, I don't, I sometimes think it's a bad thing. Like we're very, very humble and we're very, like, you know, when we do get something right, we're not going to be flashing it in someone's face. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes that's a problem. I'm not saying we should. Like, it's good. We, we're, we're the bigger person in, in a way. But in a way, it's kind of like because we don't flaunt it and because we're just so, like, yeah, I got it. Like, I know the answer to this. It kind of does make us sometimes seem that we're a bit weaker, quotation marks, in comparison to men, and we're not in the same competition, we're not even in the same league as them, when really we might have known something all along, but it's just not spoken about enough. There's women out there that have invented such important things for everyday life, right? Like inventors, I'm talking about, actual engineers and mechanics and inventors, but you wouldn't know it, would you? You don't know who's invented it. You don't. You think inventors, you think of a man most of the time. How bad is that? This is a stereotype that just appears in your head. Even if you look at the academic results year and year on females tend to do better than males in GCCs. Wow. And what does that say? Um, and I just think even in academia, I think it's the same thing, uh, especially when you're in, talk, in talking points. Even in my own experience, I um, even though my degree was quite female-focused because I did English literature just in my cohort, um, if, I'm, if, I'm, if a male said something, he would dominate the conversation to the point where my lecturer had to intervene. So I think it does come a space that women probably don't feel that they have the capacity or they may have they feel they may feel that they've got the capacity to speak but they don't feel that they deserve to be in that space in that entire aspect of imposter syndrome and also i feel like women have often been shut down or told to be quiet mm-hmm. a lot everyone here and us three girls can say here right now has been told to like okay okay sonia you've made your point sit down okay quiet down and because of so many situations like that don't you think you've all been in a situation where you're like oh, i'm just gonna leave it when you know you're yeah. right, have you not all, you can, hand in heart, you can all say, you thought, oh, I'm just going to It's like wrong for us to be outspoken and, you know, it's like so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> See, we've, we've all been through these experiences. We're seen as negative if we do speak. Uh, yeah. She's not a good You're girl. not going to fight for your right. You just she's not, she's too it. outspoken. Why is she speaking so much? Or why doesn't she let it go? 
you know, yeah. why she's so passionate about her opinion and so on and so just on. Being feminine is like always attributed to being like shy, quiet, not saying anything, just being like in the corner, that's all. That comes from the Victorian years. <laughs> um, yeah. I just wanted to actually add um, as well, even if you think about industries, uh, the kind of computer industry was actually female dominated not many years ago, I mean, not many centuries. Wow ago so a lot of men didn't want to get into that because they didn't want to see as feminine and now the reverse has happened so there's, there's this inferior complex that's taking place and i think what we need to do is um i think a really important point that you talked about is that we don't talk about our accolades and i think it's really important and that is actually demonstrated when we have interviews we don't we forget what asset what things that we've achieved because we don't we're not off, we don't talk about it often and we're not proud of it we don't feel that sense of happiness that we've achieved so many milestones you know what if one thing i've learned from the professional app on linkedin um is that actually really, really small things are often projected and made into something huge and that's fine if it is huge to you but we as women need to do that so something small like your degree is a huge thing people put their titles wherever they go sometimes you know ba bsc whatever it is and something we just kind of let go i haven't even posted about my graduation I there graduated. you go <laughs> neither did i neither did i and we other people they write a whole post at this huge achievement it is a huge and achievement. it is a milestone but that's what i mean we need to give ourselves our flowers and i think another thing that kind of advice a mentor gave me to me once was that um you will see that men tend to apply for jobs that they're underqualified for and women tend to apply for jobs that they're overqualified for because they want to be able to uh, deliver every single thing on the job's description, whereas men, they they count on their transferable skills. And that's exactly how it should be. We should be able to say we're versatile. We're going to be able to you know develop on the role. And I think that's a huge problem because we don't, we underestimate ourselves so much that we don't apply for roles that you know can help us move up the ladder. Whereas um, from her experience and her opinion was that men overestimate this but that's how they're more successful because they're plunging into mm. industries and careers that they leave out their book yeah they, <laughs> they're plunging into careers that, and industries that they may not have 100% but they know they've got 30% it's just person just wow. to give percentages um, it's not to scale but just an example yeah. um, and I think it's really important to do the same so that's exactly kind of a um, strategy that I'm trying and there's just so many things I've applied to and I've had interviewed and I have no idea like, you know, this is not in, uh, very similar to my experiences, but just for the experience of the interview, it's so important. And I think you need to put yourself in these uncomfortable spaces and show that you are an asset because it's all about learning and developing. And I think people think that the job, job description is everything, but it's not. It's about hiring a person that's able to do the job, but being able to mesh into the team. And we have people's, people's skills, that's for sure. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much, Mariam. Um, I'm going to ask the second question, basically, which is, do you think these gender conventions differ from cultures or do you think it's overarching and does it negatively or positively impact women? Um, Farine, I just want to go to you first on this one. I think there's a whole layer of like stereotypes for women and then in each culture, there's like more layers to it. Good answer. So let's delve into any culture pick anything that you know of i'm gonna pick like indian country okay so the first like in like my anyone that i know from india they don't work at all they're always at home if it's a female yeah and that's what this it's like expected of them so they all the males they go out to work and everyone else is like at the you know at home okay and do you think that's because ladies know straight away that they can't work even if they want to work they're not allowed to work or how is it it's because they get married like it's like when they reach that purity age, it's like, oh, you have to get married. Like, okay. there's no way. So that's what happens with a lot of people in, like, my culture. So they do the whole, like, education, like, high school, primary. And then they immediately, they, they don't even think about, oh, I want to get a job when I'm older. Okay. That's like, we are doing it now because we're here. Like, oh, yeah, we want to get to interviews and stuff. They just think, oh, I want to get married. Like, it's good to get married, you know. But wow. they don't have any aspirations because they've been, like, the whole, like, childhood, they've been feeling like, oh, yeah, you're going to grow old and stuff. So you're, you're saying basically that, their desire isn't, well, it might be there, but they are so used to this now that it's normal. It's like, yeah, I know I'm 18, I want to get married now. Yeah. There's no even desire to look for a job. There's no searching, there's no applying. There it's might just, be and they don't say it, you know. They're just, they're just like uh, doing what is expected of them by their parents and stuff. Okay, and that's expected too. So again, like you said, and I agree with you, is nothing wrong with that as well. You can be 18 and feel like you want to get married and start a household and so on. But the fact that you said that everybody does it, all females do There's it. There's no choice element. Stay at yeah. home. There's no choice element, like you said. And also it's just expected. That is so almost, I don't want to say it's sad, but in a way it is for a girl to not even 
feel like they can do something different. They just think, this is my life and I have to do this. There's yeah. no other option. They just think about it, but they don't say it like out loud because they're like scared. So they can't even say it. They feel yeah. like there's no point in even trying to say it. Okay, wow, that's interesting. And I do think that is called, that's in India culture, you said. But that is also everywhere. Let's yeah, just be yeah, real with that. Yeah. I see that, yeah. uh, like you said, Victorian times, just pre-Victorian times. It was here in the UK as well. So that, again, to answer the question, yes, it is in India and South Asian, but I think it was literally everywhere just a few years ago, really. Um, so what do you think about the ladies there in India, for example? Do you think they're valued? They stay at home. Okay, fine. But is there value put on that? I don't think so. You know, I think the whole South, South Asian culture, there's no value of what the woman does. And then when you come home, like sometimes even my brothers, they ask like, oh, what did you do all day? Like, what do you mean, what did I do all day? I was all no. here. I was at home. I had so much stuff to do. There's so much chores in the house. It's yeah. like it's an easy job. And like you said, it should be a high paying job because it's really hard work. It would, honestly, if you could put a wage in it, I believe it should be the highest Yeah, job. literally. Yeah. It's making a house a home. And you know when you see it is when there's only a man living in a house by himself. Okay, or just a few men living in a house by themselves. Some of them are great. So thank you to those guys out there that are. But honestly, I know from my friends' experiences that they said, or uh, girls that have married into houses where there are only boys, they're like, you can tell the difference straight away. Okay, I know that might be a stereotype, me saying this as well. If I say that, and then I'm like dirty and so on. I don't mean that all men are, but there's definitely, you can tell the difference when there's been a woman's touch. Um, but yeah, I think the value part really is what gets me because fine, stay at home, right? If you are a woman and you genuinely want to stay at home and make a house a home, raise children and so on and so on, that's absolutely fine. That's a desire you can have. But the point here is, why is that not valued and seen as, thank you so much, you're amazing for doing this. That's the part. And I think one good thing is in our religion, it is, the value is there. And that's the beautiful thing about our religion, Islam. So we are talking about culture, but if you look at religion, the value is 100% put there. And it's even put there when you talk about, like, husband and wife, for example. For example, when we talk about money, we do say that the money that the husband has is for you as well, the female. The money that she has is for herself. But the money that the husband has is for him, your female, your wife, your whole family. It's for everything. You protect, you provide, you know. Um, and I think that really does show the value of a woman because she she can she's seen as something valued. She's doing such a big job. So a man should be able to provide for her. Marion, would you like to? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, not, um, you know, a lot of people might say, well, okay, if this is in the religion that he has to provide, then that's it, that's his role. And then her role is to take care of the house. But actually, the Prophet ﷺ gave hadiths on how a man should help out in the house. You know, there's multiple hadiths. Um, and there's a hadith that the best among you are those are the best to their wives. Well, how does, I don't think anyone talks about that. Um, and I just want to just even take that over a little bit deeper. You know, the biggest example I was look at is Khadija radiallahu anha, who is the wife of the Prophet. And she was a entrepreneur and she, she funded the Prophet to do his mission. Our religion is very practical. It wasn't that money just came out of the sky and he was able to do his mission. No, his wife supported him. She had the financial backing to help him uh, to, to spread the mission. Um, and, if, you know, even if we think about even beyond that, you know, the wife of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, she was a scholar. She was known to narrate so many hadiths. So we have such great examples in our religion from the, from the very beginning. Um, and our, those gender conventions that arose from culture was completely dismantled as, you know, revelation came. And it's just that we decided to use our culture in a way to enforce religion, which is completely wrong. And it's and I, I genuinely believe because there has been a blur between culture and religion, so many opposite problems have occurred. Um, and I think you know, one of the things that my teacher, who's um, from the Faith Institute, has said that the things that are seem controversial in culture is completely acceptable in religion. And I think that's really profound because we have moved away from Islam so much that we find things that are really, you know, we find things that are completely acceptable in Islam liberal or attributed to, to Westernized society, but that is not the case. Our religion gave those, um, you know, it gave us that liberty way before Western Western uh, countries have kind of created those. So I think for me personally, it's just to kind of distinguish between culture and religion, to understand that religion is very universal. It's very it's, it's very fluid. It allows you to, to use, um, you know, in terms of teachings in, in the right time of any time that we're living in. Yes, thank you so much, Mariam. I didn't even realize we're coming towards the end of our show. But ex on what you said is that it's quite surprising when people suddenly find these takes 
liberal or like oh surprising and it's like no this is the first thing religion is what you should look at first this should be the norm anything that comes afterwards is you've added yourself that's culture right um so farine i just wanted to touch on obviously you're the youngest of us here um but even now at this age yeah do you feel like you're looking back there's any advice in terms of like as a female what you would give to your younger self like i'd give you my example first I would say that I should stand strong a lot more and I feel like I was a lot of times quietened by men uh, like I said when you feel like you can't say your point you're like oh I'll just leave it I would say to myself as well be educated so I know what I'm talking about a lot and just so I can be a bit stronger as well um but that's it really any advice that you'd give to your younger self I'm gonna watch that point where we said that we're a bit humble I'm gonna say that I should have don't be that humble when I was like in high school and stuff because once I knew the answer I knew the answer was right as well but nobody would put their hand up and no all, all of the girls even if they knew the answer nobody would do it so just being a bit more outspoken you know that if you know it you know it like it's just no problem you knowing it and just being a bit more active and stuff when I was in high school yeah, yeah. I like that answer um Mariam just on the parents point even if you don't know the answer put your hand up and just say it yeah, it's not about learning and growing and be the person that it be comfortable with making mistakes because that's the only way you will learn and you're more likely to be successful if you make mistakes. Yeah, and other people aren't afraid. Other people such as men, they make mistakes. They're not afraid to make mistakes, some of them. So we should take a leaf out of that book. Um, anything that you want to say that you would say to your younger self then? Oh, wow, that's a very deep question. <laughs> I think it's just trust yourself a little bit more. I think just sometimes we undermine ourselves so much and she kind of la- allowed my inner voice not to demonize myself yeah or that inner voice it's really important to you know uplift yourself because even just from a religious perspective we're so valued in the eyes of Allah so it doesn't matter what other people think or say to you and even if someone labels you as certain things it doesn't matter because you should know what you are thank you exactly I love that point and girls ladies us we need to be stronger for each other i believe yeah we have like a universal language and you guys think like we all have the, a yeah. universal language and sometimes it's not good like example i know we're coming towards the end but you know when you want to say something and then you kind of look at each other and you're like oh us yeah. girls should we all just leave it or like you know we know we're like, us girls we need to be stronger for each other and support each other more we definitely have a universal language i love that you mentioned that um but yeah we will touch on this topic again because i think it's a really good topic and we only literally got through like two of our questions because we're all ladies here we have our lady experiences that we can talk about um yeah guys we are on at sister speak which is on instagram this will be on facebook live as well i think it is a pre-record um but please be in touch if you want to share your thoughts on our show thank you so much for listening we'll be on wednesdays at 6 p.m on inspire fm Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.